Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I hope all of you had a fabulous Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you remembered all of the men and women out there who have made it possible for all of us to enjoy the freedoms that many of us take for granted every single day. I shared a video uh, of my family's trip to the beaches of Normandy. I took it six years ago. Uh, I hope all of you at some point get the opportunity to go there uh, because if you do, you will never, ever be able to forget the experience of staring out over those oceans, of seeing those cliffs that had to be stormed, of what true good can do to true evil. Um, and uh, I am grateful and filled with immense pride every single day to be an American, but particularly on the days where we honor those who have given the last full measure to ensure that this is the greatest country that's ever existed in the history of the world. Um, and so uh, I hope all of you kept that in mind over the weekend. I certainly did. Uh, I'd encourage you, as always, to subscribe and consume as much OutKick content as you can. And if you are watching us on YouTube right now, we are poised to go over 900,000 subscribers on our march towards a million. Please click like and subscribe if you are watching this video right now. I love all of you on YouTube. Okay, uh, last night, watched Game 7 uh, between the Celtics and the Heat. The Heat actually stole the soul of the Celtics. There's always that debate, would you rather lose in excruciating fashion or get blown out. For the Heat to go on the road and do what they did to the Celtics, to me, was more debilitating than if they had closed this out in Game 4. Because you got everybody in Boston and their hopes back up by winning Games 4 and 5, and then with the miraculous tip-in to win Game 6, I think most Celtics fans thought, we're going to win this game, we're going to go on and compete against the Nuggets in Game 7, and then the Miami Heat snatched the still-beating heart of Celtics fans out Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom style. And I think it was a more debilitating defeat uh, than if the Celtics had just gone down in the sweep. Jimmy Butler and company taking the Miami Heat to the finals. We underrate Pat Riley's management ability. We underrate Eric Spolstra's coaching. Having said that, I think that the Nuggets are going to win in six. So I've got the Nuggets in six games. I think uh, Novak Djokovic is going to Novak Djokovic. I think the other, I, it's a good thing that I got the uh, the, the, the white uh, Europeans, Eastern Europeans mixed up. Um, I, I think that you are going to see uh, Djokovic go out and prove that he is the current best player in uh, the entire NBA Nikola Jokic, I believe, and the Nuggets will win in six in the NBA Finals. Okay, a lot of different stories on top of that that I want to dive into. Um, did you see what happened to Sam Ponder? So Sam Ponder is an ESPN employee, uh, and she has spoken out finally 
publicly alongside of Sage Steele on how ridiculous they believe it is that men are allowed to compete as women. And USA Today, which is even woker, potentially, than ESPN, or at least as woke as ESPN, had a piece from a woman named Nancy Armour at the USA Today editorial that said that Sam Ponder speaking out against men in women's sports was, and I can't believe this is real, bigotry. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but the, the she was called a bigot for saying that men should be able, uh, that men shouldn't be able to dominate in women's sports. Um, and I want to make sure that I get some of this commentary because I see it and I just think, this is so crazy. I can't believe that this is the world that we live in because women are actually trying to erase women from women's athletics. And it's it, it's wild to see um, somebody named Lindsay Schnell, who I don't even know who Lindsay Schnell is. She's an enterprise reporter at USA Today. I don't know who she is. She said, Every time I hear someone say trans women competing in sports isn't fair, I think of these wise words. Is LeBron fair? It's sports. Nothing is fair, which is to say this is a really dumb argument. No, no. LeBron competes against men, all right? LeBron is the best men's basketball player, but he competes against the other best players men in all of sports. LeBron doesn't compete against 12-year-old boys. LeBron doesn't compete against girls. He doesn't even compete against college athletes in basketball. He doesn't even compete against European professionals. He competes against other players in the NBA, which are the best in the world. These people are imbeciles, all right? And they're actually anti-women sports because what they are advocating for is the erasure of women's sports. And they're allowing their woke political ideology to cancel their functional brains. What Sam Ponder is saying and what Sage Steele is saying is what every foundational element of sports has said, which is you should compete to the best of your ability against other people like you. If we did away with all women's athletics and just had unisex athletics, most women would never make any sports team. You would actually erase women. And if you allow men to claim that they are women and compete in women's sports, you're allowing them to do the same. Remember, trans men, that is women pretending to be men, it's not even a discussion point because they aren't able to make men's sports. So not only did USA Today call Sam Ponder a bigot, which is a fundamentally unfair attack, also one of her co-workers, this, uh, let me make sure that I get her name right, uh, and let me give credit to Carol Markowitz who said, Carol Markowitz, a friend of mine, I don't know why we even bother having women's sports feminists 2023. It's an upside-down world when feminism now requires the erasure of men's uh, of women's sports. Uh, but Sarah Spain, an ESPN employee, came out and liked the article calling uh, Sam Ponder a bigot. So let me make this clear. 
Let me make this challenge as open and clear and transparent as possible. I will debate any person in sports media, male or female, or man or woman pretending to be a male or female, anywhere, any place, as long as there is a decent audience about the need for men not to be able to compete against women. So if you truly believe that it is bigotry to separate the sexes for purposes of athletic competition, I will show up anywhere, anytime, any place. And let me be clear on this to ESPN. I will even come on your own network and kick the ass up and down your own television screen of any ESPN employee if you are willing to actually allow this debate to take place. You name your champion of woke men should be able to compete in women's sports. Whoever you think is the most brilliant person willing to make that public argument. And I will show up on your air without receiving a dollar in compensation, and I will wax the ass of the man or woman you put on the other side so badly that you will have to turn the television off because whoever is debating me will no longer be able to be considered a sports person by the time I am done with them. You put them in front of me, I will knock them down, and I will wax their ass in debate. You name the time, you name the place, anywhere on your network against any employee of your choice, I will destroy them because the facts are on my side. I'm laying down the gauntlet. Own it, argue it, make it a reality. They won't do it, but I'm offering anytime, anyplace. If you don't and won't allow me on your network, I will allow any employee at ESPN who wants to argue that men need to appear in women's sports to make that argument on any of my platforms or any of OutKick's platforms. I'm offering to give you my labor and my arguments for free on ESPN platforms. But if you say, oh, I'm not going to platform Clay Travis, I'll never look, okay? I will allow you to come on my platforms and speak to my audience and tell them all why I'm wrong, either on Clay and Buck, the biggest radio show in the country, or any OutKick program, including this one. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and OutKick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. What I am making clear here is I don't run and hide from what I believe. What you will see is there's a lot of people who will run and hide from what they believe and having to defend it. Shame on ESPN for not standing up for Sam Ponder. Shame on ESPN for allowing employees of their own network to call other of their employees bigots. This, to me, is utterly indefensible. There is no way, there is no way to defend it in any respect. And it is absolutely pathetic that they won't even defend it. Um, All right, we've got a bunch of different things I need to hit. I'm going to be on Fox News here in a little bit, by the way. Uh, This is a big story. And I think it's going to turn into an even bigger story. Uh, Washington Nationals pitcher. And I want to read to you what he said because I think it's significant. Trevor Williams spoke out about the Dodgers' decision to honor and provide a a promotion to an anti-Catholic group. He said, as a devout Catholic, I'm deeply troubled by the Dodgers' decision to re-invite and honor the group the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, at their Pride Night this year. A Major League Baseball game is a place where people from all walks of life should feel welcomed, something I greatly respect and support. This is the purpose of different theme nights hosted by the organization, including Pride Night. To invite and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be upheld by any organization. Creating an environment in which one group feels celebrated and honored at the expense of another is counterproductive and wrong. It's a clear violation of the Dodgers' discrimination policy, which explicitly states that any conduct or attire at the ballpark that's deemed to be indecent or prejudiced against any particular group or religion is not tolerated. It seems the Dodgers, and I'm reading Trevor Williams' words here, it seems the Dodgers have made an exception in this case, doubling down that this group, which grossly disrespects and openly mocks many of the traditions and beliefs all Catholics hold most dear, should be celebrated. I believe it's essential for the Dodgers to reconsider their association with this group and strive to create an inclusive environment that does not demean or disrespect the religious beliefs of any fan or employee. I also encourage my fellow Catholics to reconsider their support of an organization that allows this type of mockery of its fans to occur. I know I'm not alone in my frustration, hurt, and disappointment about this situation. As Catholics, we look to Jesus Christ and the way he was treated, and we realize that any suffering in this world unites us to him in the next. And so what I would say about this in general is 
my position is all religion should be treated the same. There is a 0% chance that the Dodgers would honor any group ridiculing the uh, Muslim faith or the Jewish faith to say nothing of any group that ridicules the Hindu faith. So why in the world are the Dodgers creating a situation where ridiculing the Catholic faith is permitted? I I just think it's a question. I'm not Catholic, so I don't uh, certainly under uh, uh, feel like I have a strong position on the Catholic experience, not claiming to. Uh, but I would just ask you, would the Dodgers behave the same way with a group that ridiculed Islam or a group that ridiculed uh, Jewish faith, Hindu faith, any other faith? I think the answer is no. So why do they feel like it's acceptable to ridicule the Catholic faith? It's a really fantastic question. Um, and I think it's a well-said statement uh, by Washington Nationals pitcher that I just read for you. Uh, right now, going on in the SEC, uh, they are having their spring meetings. Longtime followers of OutKick know that I have attended and broadcasted from many different Southeastern Conference spring meetings over the years. I love it. It's down in Destin, Florida, right on the best beaches in the United States, the Emerald Coast uh, of Florida, also Alabama there, uh, if you count Gulf Shores. Um, fantastic spot. I've been down there a lot. It's why, actually, honestly, probably a big reason why I have a place in Rosemary and why we're building one in Alice. Um, it's why I ended up down there because I absolutely love it. Not there this year. At a Little League Baseball tournament this weekend, I'm not traveling this week. Um, so, my thoughts on this big debate in the SEC, should you go from eight to nine conference games? My answer is yes, and I think ESPN should pay more for nine conference games as well uh, because the value of the product is more substantial with nine conference games than with eight. I've argued for a long time. I hate the Eastern and the Western uh, divisions in SEC football. I think you should put everybody in one uh, lineup, uh, one division, when you add Texas and Oklahoma, and I think you should play three yearly rivals every year and then play the other six teams in the other year. And in every four years in a 16-team conference, you'll play a home and away. Uh, right now, it can take 12 years for that to occur. Far too long. I think it's an immense improvement to go to a nine-conference games and do three yearly rivals, six, you play the other six, every two years you play everybody, every four years you play a home-and-home home everywhere. It's a no-brainer to me. Uh, I think it makes the overall quality of Southeastern Conference football better. I think it increases the value of ESPN's televised properties, and uh, I think it creates a, uh, a more valuable asset. So I think the SEC should be compensated more for going to nine games, and I think uh, that the SEC should go to nine with the three and six format. To me, it's a no-brainer. Eliminate divisions, take the two top teams. It overall creates more evenness, more equality in the overall lineup of uh, college football and in the SEC in particular. Yes, some years you might not have the top opponents, uh, but every two years you play everybody. Every four years you play everybody home and away. No-brainer. Easy call to me. Uh, that's what I would do. Uh, succession finale. Liked it. Thought it was pretty solid. 
Love the sports connection to the extent that there is one. I haven't seen it seen it confirmed. Spoiler alert. Uh, Tom Wobiscons, whose last name I can never even say, um, evidently potentially named based on a player uh, almost 100 years ago who got a triple play in the World Series. Uh, Tom manages to overcome the three Roy siblings. I love this show. It is one of my five favorite shows for purposes of looking forward to it. Uh, The show that I look forward to the most, not going to shock you guys, Game of Thrones. I also really loved over the years uh, in terms of drama, Sopranos. I love Friday Night Lights. Um, I love Breaking Bad. But I would put Succession as one of my five favorite all-time shows uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, The Little Mermaid came out over the weekend. It's a live-action remake. I will not be going to see this. I think the only live-action remake of a Disney film that I've seen was Aladdin so far, and I only saw that because Will Smith was starring as the genie. I don't see why a really good cartoon is improved by becoming a live-action remake. My own boys are getting older. They're not as excited, even my 8-year-old, to go see this. But I did think that the New York Times review of this movie was somehow perfect uh, in demonstrating how out of touch many people are with kids' movies. New York Times said that the, the movie wasn't that good and that it needed more kink. When have you ever watched a kids' movie and thought to yourself, hey, you know what it needs? More kinky sex-related aspects. This is indicative of of why I think Ron DeSantis was right to go to war with Disney over the woke direction that it has gone. Um, And to me, Trump has now worked his way back towards agreeing with Ron DeSantis that woke Disney is out of touch with much of its audience. And I see all of these connected, whether it's Bud Light, whether it's Target, whether it's the NBA, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Disney, by and large, these big companies are losing their way and they're alienating huge segments of their audience. In particular, Bud Light over Memorial Day weekend, they were just trying to give it away. So I want you to pay attention to this. They are relying, Bud Light is, on the fact that they have allies in the woke media that they are going to be able to sell on the idea, oh, look how much we sold over Memorial Day weekend. We have broken the boycott. You didn't really sell it. You're trying to give your product away because many of the Bud Light cans are expiring. But note, I'm giving you a preview of what's coming. There will be stories written, and people will say, oh, look, see, look at all the people that are now consuming Bud Light, and they'll claim that this is evidence that the boycott broke right as summer began. No, no, no. They're desperately trying to give it away. The latest numbers show that the consumption of Bud Light is down 30%. This is the most successful boycott that I can remember in my life of any consumer product. It happened for two reasons. One, men don't play this ridiculous transgender game. Women do. Women will because I think they're maybe more tolerant and, uh, and, and inclusive and they're afraid of, of speaking out and being considered unwelcoming, men are just like, this is ridiculous. We're not going to support this. So the Dylan Mulvaney 
BS men responded to. Second part was, it wasn't just the Dylan Mulvaney ad. It was Bud Light also saying that their drinkers had out-of-touch humor and were too fratty. So men just said, screw it. We're done with Bud Light. And I don't know how you come back from this without apologizing and spending money like crazy with the people that are actually in your audience. And I don't know how that's going to end up happening. A uh, couple of other stories that are out there. Um, Joe Manchin is now down 22 points in a Senate race, according to a poll that came out today against Jim Justice. The reason why I think this is significant in general is I don't believe that Joe Manchin's going to end up running for the Senate from West Virginia. I think if Trump and Biden are the nominees and Trump and Biden are the favorites to be the nominees, to me, I think there's a good chance Joe Manchin tries to either run against Joe Biden in the Democrat primary or he runs as a third party and throws everything into an uproar uh, as it pertains to uh, a middle-of-the-road candidacy between those two. Uh, finally, we had uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott on the program today, and Tim Scott said something that I thought was really well done. Uh, he went on and said about Joy Behar, there's no doubt, if you saw Joy Behar said that Tim Scott didn't know what it was like to be black in America. Now, if you think a white woman telling a black man that he has no idea what it's like to be uh, black in America is crazy, then you don't pay enough attention to left-wing politics today uh, because this happens all the time. But Tim Scott actually took a big shot back at Joy Behar and said, there's no doubt a white lady dressing up in blackface to give a black man advice probably doesn't ring true. That is Tim Scott off uh, the top rope. Um, and I also want to mention this. Megan Kelly has a great quote uh, up on Twitter right now. ESPN uh, anchor Sage Steele sued Disney over the vaccine mandate and their attempt to restrict her free speech surrounding it. And Megyn Kelly makes a good point here. Sage Steele mildly questioned the vax mandate and ESPN Disney treated it like a crime. Now she's asserting her free speech rights and Disney's fighting her tooth and nail. The same Disney that's whining in a Florida court about Governor Ron DeSantis and the right to express one's opinions. Hypocrites. I think that's well said uh, by Megyn Kelly surrounding the latest crisis and controversy there. So, uh, a lot that we covered in today's show. I'll be back tomorrow. Again, I hope all of you had a fantastic Memorial Day. Shortly, I will be on Fox News uh, here in about 10 minutes. Uh, and then I hope all of you will have fantastic Tuesdays. This has been Outkick the Show. Go click like and subscribe. Take us to a million subscribers on YouTube. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. And as always, God bless America.